I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome back to another episode of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. We just got done watching Lil Nas X skateboard and we were cracking up. <laughs> We've been cracking up all night. Uh, it's KB coming at you from Underground Studios, and to my left, in studio, the one and only DJ is in town. What's going on, man? Welcome to the Underground, dude. I'm happy to be here, Philly. Um, Submerged. <laughs> the city submerged underwater. Yeah, what but a so perfect far. time for you to come to Philadelphia just when it just goes underwater. It's like arriving. It's like back in the day, if it really existed, showing up at two Atlantis and it just sinks. That's exactly what happened to TJ as he landed at like 930 in the morning. Yep. He's like, yeah, I just got all these uh, notifications that uh, Philadelphia is underwater. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything this weekend. <laughs> Did you take a submarine here? <laughs> yeah. We uh, we had tornadoes. We're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, tornadoes, flooding. It's like Venice <laughs> in Philadelphia. You take a you take a jondola instead of a gondola. It is absolutely... You have people backflipping off of bridges into uh, what is the Schuylkill River. <laughs> People learning how to pronounce Schuylkill this <laughs> this weekend on Twitter. <laughs> I wouldn't try it. <laughs> I just said uh, some rivers flooded. <laughs> some body of water has decided to uh, make its way onto the highway. <laughs> Runaway river. <laughs> I just know I can't use that highway. It's episode 185. It's our PLL semi-final preview episode. Shout out to everybody who came through. And listen to the Jack Rowlett uh, interview on last week's episode. Make sure you guys check that out because it was an absolute banger. Um, we're going to see Jack this weekend. Hopefully going absolutely crazy uh, against Atlas. But we'll get into those matchups. We'll get into the NLL entry draft recap. And uh, we have a fun little draft of our own that we're going to do at the end of the episode. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You, you might know the two owners. It's Kyle Harrison and Chris Hogan. Did you know Chris Hogan used to play lacrosse? He also owns a sunglasses company. So does Kyle Harrison. Uh, Tomahawk Shades has been rocking with us. They got on board with us, DJ, right when the pandemic hit. So that's how you know they're real ones. They said, we don't give a fuck. We are going to get on board with, with people and, and you know podcasts and, and influencers that we can rock with. They got on board with us. Uh, right from Jump Street. So big shout out to Tomahawk Shades for rocking with us as long as they have. 
you guys can get your hands on some tomahawk shades. Summer's not over. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend in the city of brotherly love. Get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between at tomahawkshades.com. And when you go to check out, use our code USP to get 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com. They're dropping a new collab soon with somebody. They tease that. Don't know who. Very excited. Looks like hoodies. They look fire. And you can use our discount on that and get 25% off of that collab. Whoever it will be with, I know it's going to be dope because that's what Tomahawk Shades does. So shout out to Tomahawk Shades. USP at checkout gets you 25% off. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. The vodka soda party packs back in stock. Got to get your hands on it before it goes out of stock. And like we said, summer's not over. You got to kick back. It's Labor Day weekend. Enjoy some stateside urban craft vodka this weekend go to statesidevodka.com get the vodka soda party pack get the limited edition bourbon the black label bourbon get the vodka and celebrate all weekend it's a long weekend ahead of us good weekend of lacrosse got to be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly and our friends at kenwood beer the official beer of the underground go to kenwoodbeer.com you can use the kenny tracker which i can show to dj right here the kenny tracker is literally right on their website and that's what it's called no other beer company has a tracker to see who has it on tap you go to kenwoodbeer.com let them know you're 21 and uh, you click kenny tracker it's literally what it's called and you go here and it pops up with an entire map of who has kenwood beer on tap absolutely ridiculous shout out to kenwood beer they got the big Kennys, everything there. It shows you every single spot in the city that has Kenwood beer on tap. It goes all the way from Philadelphia to Kennett Square to Pottstown, all over the Philadelphia area. has Kennys on tap. So when you guys go out this weekend, uh, make sure you're cracking open some ice-cold Kennys. Support our friends there. And, of course, you got to be 21 or older to do so, and please drink responsibly. DJ, how's the flight? The flight or, or was, the the boat trip? <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot easier than uh, that drive to Boston. A lot easier than the flight to Salt Lake City, which don't straight flight <laughs> to Salt Lake City from. from I didn't the realize east. you straight flew. Oh, I I will never again. Ooh, that was the what longest. was worse, the Boston drive or the Salt Lake flight? I'd have to say the Salt Lake flight because like wow, it was like four straight hours of like being in a telephone booth. True. Whereas, you know, I had a little bit of space when I was driving. I could get out. I had to get yeah. out and pump gas here and there, get food. So I had, like, time to stretch. Whereas you're just on a plane for four hours. And everybody knows our trips to Boston, respectfully, <laughs> were not great. No. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> the only thing that good came out of Boston is you're now part of our company. <laughs> the only Good thing that came out of Boston. That, and we have unbelievable content from when my tires went flat. (laughs) That will be in a year in review video. (laughs) Literally like Snapchat Chronicles. I just was like, what the fuck is a restricted highway? (laughs) I'm going to have to still Still flabbergasted. I'm going to have to start like vlogging when I take road Uh, trips. Because I really wish I would have been recording the inside of that car a couple times. I was recording the inside of my car when I was on the back of a tow truck (laughs) in my car. Some yeah. Space Mountain. 
But you guys can go listen to that episode because Ryan Tarafenko was on that episode too. Um, so go check that out if you want to hear me sound like a, somebody killed my dog for the first 15 <laughs> minutes of a podcast at 6 in the morning. Uh, but we have the PLL semifinals this weekend. It's like Wings weekend because everybody on the Philadelphia Wings is playing this weekend from Blaze Reardon to Brian Costabile and Trevor Baptiste going up against each other head-to-head to Ben McIntosh versus Matt Rambo. It's going to be a fun weekend. 11 a.m. It's an early one. You're going to have to uh, set those early alarms because a lot of things are going on in Philadelphia this weekend. Plus, there's water on the highway. So, early alarms are going to be needed. Uh, But we've got Atlas and Chaos going head-to-head. The two versus the six. I mean, you couldn't ask for two polar opposite teams. Chaos playing that that chaotic Canadian style of lacrosse versus Atlas being the Young Bulls and just a bunch of new guys on this team. Jack Kincannon cleared. Could play this weekend. Does he play? Who knows? I don't know if I would play him yet or not. I I don't know if I want to throw him into the fire having not played since halfway through the regular season. Like, and I mean, it's not like JD's been bad. JD's been very good. And you're going up against a team who's getting Chris Cloutier back, who it seems like Kyle Jackson is going to be playing the way he played in Salt Lake with the rest of the Bandits roster, literally. Uh, which also brings up, does Chaos retrade for Connor Fields this offseason? We'll get into that trade. Well, that wasn't even my thought. My thought was... Do they try and go get Tahoka next year? <laughs> that too. And bring him to chaos. Which I mean has been Andy Towers like pipe dreams since <laughs> Tahoka was like ready to declare. Um but this game I think is going to be the more fun of the two this weekend, in my opinion. Um I think there's gonna be a lot of scoring in this one as opposed to Water Dogs Whip Snakes. I think it's gonna be very like defensive and like precision based. This Chaos Atlas game is just gonna be onslaught of scoring especially from Trevor Baptiste. I think Trevor Baptiste is going to score like two goals in this game. He's going to want to show out in Philly. He's going up against Max Adler, who he's dominated this year. Yeah, and his boy Blaze is in net, though. Exactly. So you think he's, he's got to assert his dominance. He's going to score on Blaze? I, I would bet the over that Trevor's going to score at least once, and he's going to hit a mop celly in front of Blaze. <laughs> I would bet on the mop celly before the goal. <laughs> I would bet on I would bet on an assist. I think Trevor Silly. Trevor loves playing in front of Philly fans. You're not wrong there. He's he's gonna want to show out. Do I think Atlas win? I don't know. We'll get to our picks later. But this matchup brings a lot of intrigue. It brings that underdog mentality, the three point two percent of people picking chaos to win the whole thing. I that plays such a big factor with chaos is just they embrace that underdog mentality and they don't give a shit who's on their side if you're with them great if you're not they're gonna say fuck you we'll see you you know in dc when we're going that's their mindset it's hard to pick against that when you know that they're using that as fuel to their fire they want to go out and beat this atlas team because for all intents and purposes chaos think that they could easily be that two seed like, that's how they function. That's how they operate. And they're going to go out there. They're going to leave it all out on the floor. They want to get back to that championship game. They want vindication for losing in the title game last year when they had a lead early in that game. 
and they don't want to lose two out of three semifinals in franchise history. Like, that's just not their MO. And Atlas, they don't have the playoff experience like Chaos does. And I think that plays a big factor in, in my book. I think it plays a, a big factor in a lot of people's determining of, of who's going to win this game is Chaos is the more experienced team playoff-wise, playing in like these high-pressure situations. Atlas, it's a lot of new guys that haven't really played in a playoff environment. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm intrigued more so um, because obviously we know <laughs> we know Trevor is probably going to win uh, the middle of the field. He's probably going to do well at Stripe. Which you know, Max- I think it's going to be closer than it was during the regular season because Max has caught on and really been on a tear against whoever he's been up against over the last, I'd say, like three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been a different player, and that's been a big reason why Chaos has been able to win games the way that they have. Yeah, but I think it's more about their defense. Their defense is not the best part of their team, mm-hmm. but is playing like the best part of their team right now. Obviously, everyone knows their offense is the best part of their team. But that offense will it's going to come down to that offense against the Atlas defense because I think chaos defense will come out and do their job like they've been doing. Atlas will probably win the stripe, but it's going to come down to will their offense be able to be efficient off of the opportunities they get because that defense is going to come hard. And I mean, our guy, Jack Rowlett, his matchup doesn't get any easier from what it was in Salt Lake going up against Grant, who, like he said on the pod, he said in the post game presser with us, He's been going up against Grant since they were kids. Like, it's almost like you take Chris Sabia and, you know, make it evolve from Charmeleon to Charizard in terms of Jack Rowlett going up against Grant, where Chris Sabia did it in college and Chris has had success. Jack just knows how to play Grant. Now he gets Jeff Teat. He's going to have that matchup. And, I mean, if you want an assignment to go out and say, hey, like, we're for real. Jack's got to go out there and and ball out on the potential MVP front runner. Yeah, I mean Jack's got to have a good game, but I don't think that's the matchup that really determines how well their defense will do. I think it's going to be um, Jared Newman on Jake Carraway because I think that's where they're going to go with that. They're going to put Jared on Jake Carraway and uh, put Johnny Sardik on Eric Law behind. But it, yeah, if Jack Rowlett's going to determine the MVP yeah, this weekend, a hundred percent, like. 100%. If he can shut down Jeff Teat, Blaze is probably going to win the MVP. If Jeff Teat goes out and plays like Jeff Teat plays, it's going to be tough to justify that because you're going to have two guys going up against each other for this MVP. Jack Rowlett, you got to put your money where your mouth is. He's been talking. Blaze is the MVP, no doubt in his mind. He's got an opportunity to help Blaze win this MVP this weekend. Oh, literally the biggest opportunity. Like if he plays well keeps him, you know, uh, out of the middle, keeps him from in tight and forces out uh, outside shots. Uh, Blaze is going to eat those up all night. His weird butterfly save thing, whatever it is that he does, I don't know. He's revolutionizing how, the goalie position. Yeah, like. I don't know how that works, but he makes it work. And, if yeah, if he can keep him on outside shots, though, I think Blaze has a good chance of not only winning this game, but winning MVP as well. And, I mean, you look at the goalie comparison for Atlas. Jack and Cannon's played in five games this year, 50% save percentage. He's made 57 saves. JD's played in nine games this year, 49% save percentage on 45 saves. It's almost equivalent. Like, JD's obviously played in more games since Jack got hurt, but 
I don't see a way you can justify taking J.D. Colarusso out of this starting lineup with the way he's been playing, with the way the guys have rallied around him. I feel like that would just be a slap in the face to him, and I think Jack Kincannon would be that much of a pro to understand, like, yeah, dude, you're balling out. Like, do your thing. Like, propel us to, to get to the championship, and we'll figure out D.C. when D.C. gets here. Yeah, I don't think, you know, I think Jack's more for the team than, you know, just about anyone on that team. He's he's one of the few there. guys that have been on this Atlas team since Jump Street. Exactly. So I think he's more of any – it's a groin injury too. You know, as a goalie, I don't think he's super hyper about getting back. Sure, he wants to play, but also, like, he knows one wrong stretch for, for a save and he's back out for a number of weeks. So he's kind of just – I think he's just taking – and rolling with the punches because whatever happens, happens. Like, And the last time these two teams played was week five. These are two totally different teams since week five of the regular season. Like, Chaos are a completely different team. Atlas are a much different team. They, If you, if you took away the final score, you would think this was a one-goal game stats-wise from the box score. Both teams shot 31%. They both had one two-point goal. Uh, turnovers were relatively even face-off percentage is the biggest difference, but now we know Max Adler has played much better. And I don't remember if Max played this game or not, if this was a Kyle Gallagher game. So that could also be Mm -hmm. something to pay attention to. I'll look that up. Um, but I mean, these two teams, I think if I remember correctly, like this game got away in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. it was back and forth. And Atlas were just able to pour it on at the end and, and secure that win. But this was a Kyle Gallagher game, too. That changes so much about just the trajectory of what the faceoff battle is going to be like this weekend. Yeah, not only, you know, so if that's the case, obviously Trevor hasn't seen as much of Max Adler. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a new style for him, quote unquote. Max is in, a, in very much of a groove, like you said, the past. Uh, I think four games now, even when he went against TD mm-hmm. before TD got hurt, um, he was playing well in that, or no, he didn't get to play TD. I'm yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, but no, that game this against the Redwoods, he, he was doing well and he's been doing well since then and, and really challenging. And if he can't win it, he's not letting guys win it forward, which I think is the most important part of being a faceoff guy is, yeah, you got to win it. Yeah. You got to win the clamp got to get the ball but if you're going to lose the clamp make sure it does not go in front of like behind you Mm -hmm. and i think the biggest difference too with chaos is like earlier in the season they were losing that fourth quarter now they're kind of either keeping it even or they're winning the fourth quarter blaze has been much better in the fourth quarter the defense in front of him has been much better and i think that's going to be such a like attention to detail point in this game is like who wins the fourth quarter because if you look back at week five like it was four three after the first quarter Chaos got shut out in the second quarter, but Atlas only scored twice. So it was 6-3 going into halftime. Both teams scored four goals in the third quarter, and then Atlas was able to get six of their goals in that fourth quarter as opposed to three for Chaos. So there's a lot of room for improvement. And, I mean, you look at who played for Chaos that week. Like, I think that was, like, Chase Frazier's first game. Look at what he's been able to do since, you know, getting adjusted to this lineup. That was our boy Bryce Wasserman's, like, lone game with Chaos. Um, there's been a lot of like switching around and molding of this chaos lineup 
from top to bottom since week five. So, I mean, you can almost essentially throw this game out the window in, in terms of just, like, comparing these two teams. If you haven't been watching Chaos since, I say, week seven, um, then you probably shouldn't reference any of the information you have because it's not going to be relevant at all. They're a very different team now. Um, after All-Star break, they started mm-hmm. to hang out or whatever they were doing. They figured their stuff out as a team. And then it was really the defense. Jared Newman seemed to lock himself in. Jack took off as, you know, arguably one of the best on-ball defenders in the league now. And um, obviously Blaze and Nett. So I think the defense was huge after all-star break. And that was what really brought them back around. And I think the biggest thing, too, is, like, they've gone, to to pull an Atlas quote, they've gone family-style offensively. Like, they haven't, like, early in the season, it seemed to me, Chaos was relying way too much on Josh Byrne to be the go-to guy to get the offense going. And if he wasn't going, if defenses shut him down, they just folded. Now they feel comfortable getting the ball to a Chase Frazier, to a Chris Cloutier, to a Dane Smith, Ryan Smith. Like They're moving the ball around much better than they were earlier in the season. Like The first three weeks of the season... It was like, where, what happened to chaos? You know, everybody was talking about, like, this offense is stagnant. Like, they're not moving the ball. They had, like, four assists through three games to start the year. Like, it it was a very stale offense. And I think as soon as more pieces started coming in, whether it was, you know, guys coming in from, you know, border issues with, with COVID and things like that to guys coming back from injury, this offense is rocking and rolling right now. And... If I'm Atlas, like, I'm like, shit, like, we got to play against this team who's who's notorious for getting hot late in the season, who always shows up in the semifinal, and they want revenge for what happened last year in the bubble. They want that opportunity to go to D.C., and, you know, Jack talked about it on our episode last week, like, would it be great to play Whip Snakes? Sure, but they just want to get there. They want to fucking play Whip Snakes. They want that revenge. Nobody else wants to see Whip Snakes in the championship and have an opportunity to three P, but Chaos wants that oppor- they want that revenge factor. And I don't blame them because they had an opportunity to beat Whip Snakes last year in the bubble. And then that second half kicked in and they just ran out of gas. They want to get back to this championship and get there at, across the board, I think, more than any team that's left in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean you know, going back to last year and thinking about that that game specifically, I am still a secondary Chaos fan. Like, obviously, everybody knows, Big Woods guy. But Chaos is easily um, one of my favorite teams in the league. And I was so happy. I was like, okay, yeah, Chaos beat my Woods. But, like, it's okay. They're going to they're gonna win this game. They're going to be champions. Everything's going to be all right. And that second half hit, and I turned the game off, like, halfway through the third. I was like, I cannot watch Zed Williams score another goal. Of course, I turned it on like five minutes later and finished the rest. But like, you're not just, that guy. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But it was ridiculous to see him just score like that. So the defense is what's really driving this team because I think they're the ones that are hurt the most about, you know, last year. And then the offense, trips. They were in trips at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. It just wasn't working. And they switched to this open set with the, the doubles the twin set and it's it's unreal and especially because they can move so many different people around in the twin set they can just give one person the ball and send a guy to pick any one of the the other five and now they have you know two other sets of twins and they just go from that so to be so loose with their sets is also amazing yeah 
So this game is going to be a lot. I'm most excited about this game outside of the start time. <laughs> I feel like this is the only time I feel bad for people on the West Coast. It's an 8 a.m. start time for them on a Sunday. Tease and peace to digs. <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. But I mean, what else is he doing? Very true. It is a holiday weekend. Should be off on Monday. Am I? No. <laughs> Holiday pay though, right? I better be. <laughs> I'd be I mean, hey, I'd be mad if I wasn't getting holiday pay. I'll be he- I thought I was gonna be off. Cause my job, if you're there for a year or more, federal holidays, they typically schedule you off because mm-hmm. you get paid on a federal holiday anyway. Right. So it's like why are we gonna pay you more? I better get that damn holiday pay staples. Hashtag not a sponsor, but if you want to sponsor <laughs> me, get me out of there. Let's talk. Um, <laughs> 1 30 p.m. Eastern time. Web Snakes return to the scene of the crime where they uh, they won the first championship in league history. They're the five seed. They're taking on the one seed Water Dogs. Water Dogs have never been in this position before. Although a few of their guys have because they played for that 2019 Web Snakes team. Um, this game, I don't know how to read it. Because we haven't seen the Water Dogs since Albany. It's been a long time since they've played lacrosse. Whip Snakes, of course they win a game with the ball and the stick of Matt Rambo. But Water Dogs are healthy. Drew Snyder's back. Michael Sowers is back. They got a full, healthy roster. And I think that's huge. The biggest headline out of this game is the alleged report that Brian Phipps is starting in, in net for Whip Snakes. Stags, are you okay? Do, like, blink twice if somebody has you held hostage. <laughs> I know Kyle Burnlore has played subpar to what we know Kyle Burnlore to be. But to go into a playoff game and say you're starting a guy who you picked up midseason off of waivers. Sure, he came in and helped you win that game against the Redwoods in Salt Lake. But this is very uncharacteristic of Jim Stagnita. To go and start a guy who has barely been on this roster. To start him over your perennial goalie of the year candidate. And a guy who helped you win a championship back-to-back years. This move is perplexing to me. I think it might be more of like to mess with the water dogs. Nobody knows how to shoot on Brian Phipps. True. <laughs> who's the last person to see Brian Phipps in that before the woods? Who is somebody the oldest, in practice? Uh, who's the <laughs> oldest player on the Water Dogs? I mean, maybe Steve DiNapoli. <laughs> maybe. 
They're about the same. Maybe Drew Snyder. Uh, yeah, like, and these are big maybes. <laughs> I'm just looking at ages of guys that are over 30 because Brian Phipps is 33. Yeah, like, their team is so young. No one has seen him, like. And this is no that. slander to Brian Phipps. Like, no. shout out. Like, go, go, you know, do your thing. But, like, it is just such a weird move in terms of just, like, knowing this Whipsnakes team and, like, what they're about and how they operate. It, it is very uncharacteristic, like I said, of the way that Whipsnakes go about roster management. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. I guess I had more thoughts about offensively for the water dogs like yeah do you put michael sowers back there how do you how do you rotate your offense around now where does ethan walker fit in i can't you can't take ethan walker out of this lineup like i'm sorry ever since he was inserted into the lineup on long island this team's balled out and that's why they're the number one seed he opens up the offense in a way that nobody else on this roster does he's an elite passer he has such incredible vision of the field as a whole. You cannot take Ethan Walker out of this lineup. There's no debate about it. The real factor is, is you have three guys on this team. Drew Snyder, Connor Kelly, Ben Reeves, who have all played with and against this Whip Snakes team, know them probably better than anybody. They're returning to the scene of the crime where they won their first championship. Um, those three guys are like who I'm going to be watching big time. Drew, because he hasn't played in forever. How does he bounce back from his injury? Ben Reeves, I think is like player to watch because when he's been on this year, it's been like Yale Ben Reeves. It has been pre Dr. Ben Reeves. And if he has any bit of a chip on his shoulder still from the whip snakes, not protecting him, him being on this Water Dogs team, I need to see Ben Reeves, like, for all intents and purposes, go out and carry this offense. Carry the load, propel your team to a win, and get them to a championship appearance. I need to see it. Ryan Brown does his thing. He shows up on, on Sundays, does his thing. Kieran McCardle, another X factor. If he can get going from that, that wing side... This Water Dogs offense has so many options that... Well, now I have to ask you, is he going to play there? Or does he go back to midfield? Because you put Michael Sowers at X, and then you put Ryan Brown and Ben Reeves on the wing. I don't want Ben Reeves running midfield. Not at all. Ben Reeves is so much better. At, I hate Ben Reeves at midfield. It's like playing Colin Heacock at midfield. I hate it. They play better up top. Let them play up top and call it a day. The real question is, is like, obviously you're going to play Zach Currier. MVP candidate. Mikey Schlosser is obviously going to play. Who do you take out of this midfield to bring Drew Snyder back into the rotation? Uh, Scarpello. He's very good on the defensive side, but does not offer enough offensively. Ryan Conrad's a little bit better offensively, and so is um, who's their other defensive midfield? I'm blanking right now. Uh, yeah, Dinap. Dinap. He's got yeah. four or five on the year as well. So it's like, and Dinap's a captain. You're not gonna bench him. Exactly. So I take, I take out Scarpello and, and put in Drew Snyder. And I think the matchup in this is like, who do they put Eli Gobrecht on? Do you put him on Zed? Do you put him on Rambo? Eli, Eli on Zed. Liam. That's on, my thought. Liam on Rambo. Because remember, 
in the MLL. Oh, that I'm matchup s- Eli had on Zed. Actually, Liam on Juicy J. Yes, I totally agree with that. Eli on Zed, Ben on Rambo, Ben yeah. Randall, who has been insane, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, and then who do you? No one talks about Ben Randall. And not at all. Like, Remember when there were tweets about saying Ben Randall didn't deserve to be on a roster? <laughs> yeah, and like the man hasn't been scored on since we like remember. the beginning of time. <laughs> Literally, like when I read that, I said, "What are we doing here?" Like Ben Randall's one of the best defensemen in the league, it, and he's and showing he's just it. not talked about. It, it, he's not talked about at all because he's not. He's, he's not, not flashy. that flashy. Yeah, he's not flashy about it. He's just doing the right thing at the right time all the time, and creating a. Not a lot of turnovers. It seems to be Liam Barnes. This defense is extremely solid. underrated, solid all around. You know, Ryland Reese is playing great at LSM, and then Eli's been Eli Govrek. And but you know, Ben Rando has been the real star. He's been keeping things just. I don't know. He's that that glue piece to their. Defense. He is that guy. <laughs> yeah, literally that guy. And then I think the fun part of this matchup overall, like sure, there's going to be offense. There's going to be defensive plays. It's the face-off and wing play of both of these teams. Arguably top two in the league with these two. You have the Team Canada with the Water Dogs, with Jake Withers, Zach Courier, and everybody. And then Whip Snakes have just been doing it for so long together that they're such a cohesive unit at that face-off. That is going to be where my attention is all afternoon watching this game. It's just seeing how Jake Withers and Nardella battle at the stripe and then how the wing play wins possessions for each of these teams. And if Jake will stay with his whole like no clamp mm-hmm. thing, or is he, you know, is he gonna try and win some clamps, or is he just gonna get that thing out, make it a ground ball, and let Team Canada go to work in the mid, like in the middle of the field? I don't. I'm interested to see that because I know in some games he's decided to, oh, this one I'm gonna try and win the clamp, or this one I'm just gonna break it out. Like, is he just gonna go with a basic strategy, or is he gonna mix it up? And I mean, we have an opportunity to. If the Water Dogs win this game and Chaos end up winning, it's Team Canada versus Team Canada, and we just split Canada in half. And it's like, okay, pick your Team Canada. That That's a battle for who is Team Canada. I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's so tough. Like, obviously, you, like, want to say Chaos. They've been around longer. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, they're, like, an original team, quote-unquote, quote you know. Original six, if that's what we yeah. want to call them. No, no rip to the NHL. But, like, also, you look at this team, and they have, like, two people that aren't from Canada. <laughs> it's literally like their attack is American, but their whole midfield and faceoff and defense is Canadian. <laughs> like, it, it's like sandwich. Their defense and their offense are American, and then everything relating to the faceoff and midfield, Canadian as hell. Like, you have Ethan Walker – uh, Zach Courier, Ben McIntosh, you have Rylan Reese, Jake Withers, Dylan Ward. <laughs> like, I, I love the Dylan Ward <laughs> picture. Is still a chaos, chaos. <laughs> He's like, nah, I need the revenge factor. <laughs> or uh, this past weekend, or not uh, two weeks, two weekends ago in Salt Lake, looking at the stats, and they still have, uh, oh, who was it? Um. Drew Simonow under both the Whip Snakes and the Redwoods because <laughs> he's playing for the Drew Simonow double agent. <laughs> I'm like, is this man playing for both teams That's right now? That's so funny. This matchup, though, like I, 
it's gonna be very similar to the earlier game where it's like the the key defender on the key attackman. It's gonna be Eli on Z. It's how do you? I I think the Redwoods gave great game film in Salt Lake on how to just let Zed be the guy. And then it just kind of unraveled just because I think of depth issues, you know, surge, not being there, TD, not being there. Although drew played great, but this is going to come down to can Eli shut down Zed or whatever the game plan is. Do you let Zed kind of just be that free roamer and you shut down everybody else? That's I think the biggest early look from this water dogs defense is how they decide to attack the whip snakes attack front and who they let kind of be that free roamer because you can't let Jay Carlson be the guy that's free roaming. I I think that's been done way too many times where you've D up Rambo, you've D up Zed and even Brad Smith. And now you got to worry about gutty as well. And then Jay Carlson is just like, I'm the trash man like Danny DeVito and has gone out and taken over games. You can't let Jay Carlson kind of free roam. As weird as it is, is like, like watching that Redwoods game, I think if you're the Water Dogs, you got to be comfortable letting Zed be the free roamer. He's I'm, not gonna. He's not necessarily gonna hurt you from deep. I, are you sure? I mean, I mean, he pulled up from deep, which was in there. Boom. But ninety nine percent of the time. Zed's going to play whip snakes ball and hit singles. But, I mean, this is playoffs. Yeah. You never know what that man is going to do. And as crazy as this about to sound, I would let Rambo free roam. Whew. Yeah, I know you like it, it sounds crazy, but he's coming back from a hand injury. But he's played like he hasn't been injured. <laughs> did, did he really? Because, I mean, I mean I, being in person, he looked timid. Albany, he, he looked like a fucking robot. He got like, He got the one play. In my opinion, on on uh, Garrett, that the the late one at the end that ended up being the game winner was like the one play in the whole game where to me he looked like Rambo. The rest of the game he looked timid. He looked like, okay, I'm not gonna try and do too much. Gonna you know, be here, be present, take some eyes off, but like my hand not gonna go too far. Like I would let him roam. And what's he really gonna do? He's gonna pick it up and he's either gonna shoot it or he's gonna pass it. Yeah. That's the thing I think with Rambo that scares me the most is if you leave him open, him as an open passer is terrifying because he's one of the best passers in the league, if not the best. Like, he's going to be able to help you move the ball around more so than Ethan Walker will for the Water Dogs. Like, Rambo's passing ability opens up so much for the guys that can go out and score for the Whip Snakes that leaving him open and giving him time to pass terrifies. Then maybe you try and lock off. Lock off said, make it a 5v5 and just go straight up. No slides. Yeah. That's is, that's going to be the biggest maybe... thing is like watching like probably the first seven minutes of the first quarter and seeing what the defensive game plan is. That's going to determine everything for the rest of the game. Yeah, and I mean that's probably the hardest part about playing the Whipsnakes is how do you defend them? Who do you choose to kind of slide from, mm-hmm. quote unquote? In my opinion, I hate the slides, hate the double teams in the PLL. Just play straight up because every time you slide or you double team, you, you're going to get scored on. Mm-hmm. They move the ball too quickly. They shoot too well. You just got to play straight up and don't get beat. You get beat, hope your goalie makes a save. Right. 
I'm intrigued by this matchup, though. Like, I, I think both of these games are going to be thoroughly entertaining. You're going to have a Philadelphia crowd that is going to love all the guys playing for the Wings. Hopefully, Ben McIntosh plays for the Water Dogs in this one. New Philadelphia wing. Coaches at Drexel. Went to Drexel. Um, I mean, it's going to be an electric environment. It's the scene of the first championship game. Like, there's history with the PLL at this stadium. And... All four of these teams have proved they deserve to be there. That's the the exciting part, too, is, like, you could say, like, these four teams at the beginning of the year, on paper, you you could make the argument that these would be your Final Four. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, I'm just a little biased. Same. Obviously, same. Especially We're both sad. It's <laughs> after last week. It's the end of Sad Boy Summer. Those, those boys in yellow shirts. Really, <sighs> really proven why they're yeah. uh, while they're still in in this playoff race they're the true number one seed. <laughs> they are <laughs> they are the true number one seed there yeah that was has not been good to me at all this yeah. year and, you know even all the way back to week one yeah i, don't, I mean i don't think it's been good the amount of former players tweeting about the, the refereeing has been bananas this season compared to years past so hopefully that gets fixed in the off season. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Let's just give them all MVP. Yeah. Um, let's get into our uh, our play pickup picks of the week. It's brought to you by our friends at Pickup. It's the best place to play props because they're props created by content creators, bloggers, podcasters, just like DJ and myself. So go to playpickup.com, start playing the props. You're going to be able to play these props this weekend, earn points, cash them in for prizes. It's a no-brainer. You you can cash them in. If you rack up enough points, you can cash them in for hashtag not a sponsor, Fanatics gift cards. Like, who doesn't want free money, like, to use to get sports gear? There's awesome prizes on their website, so go to playpickup.com and start playing the props for free with our friends at Pickup. First game, Chaos Atlas. I don't know if this is a biased pick for me. I just feel like Chaos is on such a roll right now. They're playing cohesive lacrosse. They're they're clicking in all three phases. It's going to be close. I think this game is going to be very back and forth. But I think Chaos pulls out a win. And I think they're going to the championship game again for a second straight season. Jack won me over last week. <laughs> We're uh, part of the 3.2%. Yeah. Like, like, we can't go against. I can't. And and also. Jack will never come on the podcast again if we pick against Chaos. <laughs> that and it's just, it's, I'm not, I don't know, but something's telling me Chaos. Like they, yeah. Something just feels right mm-hmm. about saying, like, Chaos are going to win this game. Yep. Don't know what it is. Don't know why it is. But that's just how I feel. I feel like this is a chaos win. I think they match up well against Atlas. Like we said, it's two completely different teams from the last time they played in Minnesota. Like, throw that game in the trash. There, there's no need to even reference that game when comparing this matchup. Um, but I think chaos win this. I think it ends up being like a two-goal game. I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> I, this is so hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, three. It's gonna be three. They're it's gonna, gonna be very gonna close. Get a, they're gonna like, get a light one. It's gonna be super back and forth. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, but I think chaos end up winning and 
Blaze Reardon wins the wings battle between uh, himself, Brian Cosbiel, and Trevor Baptiste. Yeah, but Blaze for MVP. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that's going to determine the PLL MVP. Hands down. Jack Rowlett, it's in your hands. Not saying the thing, but the thing is there for it to happen. So uh, let's get into this game we just previewed. Whip Snakes, Water Dogs, Battle of the W's. I, I think whoever loses the game, this game, they should just change the W in their name to an L. <laughs> Lip Snakes and Water Dogs. I don't mind lip snakes. <laughs> I do not mind lip snakes. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm liking the the Team Canada one versus Team Canada two. I'm I'm thinking the Water Dogs are going to take this one, and I I think it's going to be those those Denver boys that bring it home. I think you know they're going to expect them to run through Sowers because he's coming back and go to Ben and all those. I think you step away from that and you give Mikey and and Zach some time to work. They they've been there before. They've won a championship with Denver over in the MLL. They've they know how to play in the playoffs, and it's probably the very opposite of what the Web Snakes actually think is coming. It pains me to say this. Oh my God, I don't want to hear this. I don't. The biggest reason why I'm skeptical of the Water Dogs is we don't know their game plan right now. These guys are coming back, sure. But are they going to play? If they do, what does that do to the chemistry of, of how they've been playing? There's so many unknowns. We haven't seen them play in weeks. I hate to say it. But what expansion team has won in their second year? The whole thing. I think we're getting a five or six matchup in the championship game. I think Whipsnakes win. I mean, I can see it. I, I think I we get a rematch. We're getting a rematch of last year. If we get a rematch, we have to like invite the entire chaos team <laughs> on because they're not going to lose that championship game. They're not. If they get to we play just, them again, they're not going to lose. We go to DC early and we do the podcast at the White House. And now, our special guests, future PLL champions. Stood in the Oval Office. Outdoor podcast in the Rose Garden. Oh. <laughs> and now, walking their dogs, the first family. The water dogs just walk in. What I love, I, I mean, entertainment-wise, I would love to see Water Dogs Chaos. Just because I think it would be so much fun to see, like, the both... Canadian teams going up against each other. I just think the experience factor of whip snakes. I think the cohesion of like them continuing to play since the regular season ended and relatively like short, both teams are healthy, but like whip snakes have been playing with this roster plus gutty for, you know, a couple weeks now you take gutty out of the equation. I don't think anything really changes much. This team, Michael Sowers hasn't played since Atlanta. And it was a quarter. You know, it's tough. Drew Snyder hasn't played in forever. It's tough to, like, factor in what that's going to do to their offense. And not that it's a negative. It's just how does it change the lineup with the guys who have been in there since those guys got injured? 
I, personally, this is no offense to Michael Sowers, they played better once he was out of the lineup. And I think that was just an adjustment period for Michael Sowers coming from the college rules to the PLL. He wasn't ready for the speed yet. And he got injured, hasn't played since. Somehow, someway, this Water Dogs team ended up with the one seed. I just don't know how. There's so many, like, what-if X-factors for Water Dogs compared to Whip Snakes that I think that plays in the Whip Snakes' favor. I mean, I definitely cannot argue with that. Like, But I, same time, I think that could possibly Would it play. shock me if Water Dogs win? Absolutely I not. say that could probably play in the Water Dogs' favor. Yeah. Off like the simple fact that the Whip Snakes are probably doing the same thing we're doing right now. I Stags is up right now scratching his head. Yeah. He's put together he's 50 like Charlie different... Day at the at the the board, like here we go. Like he's put together like fifty different game plans, what oh, they could easy. come out with, and he's like, There's still like a thousand more in my head. It's like Doctor Strange <laughs> again, looking for all the outcomes. Yeah, every single one. And so like I I think this is game of the weekend 'cause or game of the day, since they're both on the same day. 'Cause yeah. it's, it's a wild card. We kind of know what to expect from Chaos and Atlas. We know what they're mm-hmm. gonna bring out. They've been pretty consistent with their lineups, not a lot of injuries and all that. Both these teams have had some injuries, inconsistencies in the roster, rosters changing from time to time. And I think the biggest thing, too, in this Water Dogs Whip Snakes game is if Water Dogs offense can get going early on Brian Phipps, that's a, a automatic like boost in like the percentage chance that they have to win this game. If they can get past the Whip Snakes defense, which has shown at times that they're vulnerable this season if they can beat them early that's going to be a huge boost for their confidence and the water dogs play better when they're ahead yeah 100 percent. you know we've only i think the woods game might have been the only game that they were leading that they ended up losing mm-hmm. this entire year and then yeah you know they might take phipps out but how well is kyle burnler going right. to do coming in cold after his team's already down four five six goals whatever the count may be at that point. It's like you said, they're a very swaggy team, much like Atlas. When they're feeling it, they're feeling it. And I don't know if they can be stopped when they're feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Especially Ryan Brown. <laughs> that's either is, one or five. Yeah. Literally. Literally, the guy gets one or he gets a bajillion and you can't stop him. Yeah. So I'm going Chaos Whip Snakes. You're going Chaos Water Dogs. We'll see what happens. Those are our picks of the week brought to you by our friends at Pickup. DJ, we had a draft go down this past week. The NLL entry draft went and happened. It has come and gone. Uh, there were a lot more players that I realized that I knew who were in this draft. As soon as I saw them get drafted, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that they were available. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf, releasing weekly, a part of the underground sports, Philadelphia family of podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Um, but we're going to do a, a quick recap of this draft. We'll talk about some of the big name guys that got picked early on some of the surprises later on in the draft, but round one, the biggest quote-unquote surprise was that uh, the Buffalo Bandits just love saying fuck you to everybody, and they drafted Tohoka number three overall. Jonathan Donville went one to Panther City. Love that pick for them. Ryan Lanchberry went to Georgia, um, which as if they needed more offense. Great. 
and then Buffalo takes Tahoka. The East Division this year is going to be bananas. Like, especially since it's now condensed to just two divisions. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath in the East. Excited for it. I mean, you know, Toronto, New York. Buffalo, Buffalo, Halifax. Halifax. I mean, Georgia, even though they're not in Philly, like, New York. Rochester's gotten better this offseason. We'll talk about their new goalie. Yep. Albany's obviously going to try and make some, some noise since they're a new yeah. program. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're going to be ready to go. But, yeah, like the Tahoka going to Buffalo is – As if they needed one, more. not fair. It's not fair. It's a cheat code. Two, they got Connor Fields at the same time. Like, huh? <laughs> I'm very interested with that dynamic because now Connor Fields and Ian McKay are teammates. <laughs> <laughs> they got traded for each other. And everyone, like, Connor just plays against all of them. <laughs> everyone in the PLL, like, from Chaos, talks about, like, you know, why the hell did they trade you? Like, about Ian McKay and now Connor Fields is back. I'm very interested by like what that dynamic is like friendship wise with these guys. <laughs> I need somebody to do like an inside the locker room. RJ, need- go infiltrate the bandits locker room. I need to know like, so are they like, are they cool? Are they going to tell Connor to are his they face good? that they're glad they got Ian? <laughs> like, yo. is Ian going to tell Connor to his face that they're glad they got Ian? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, we said we won the trade. What do you say? <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty good. Well, we beat you guys two times. You beat us once. <laughs> we knocked you out of the playoffs. And we have a championship ring. <laughs> Can you imagine if they won a ch- if Buffalo wins the championship this year? <laughs> and Chaos gets two rings and Connor only has one. And then they get to Hoka. <laughs> That's so not fair. Um, Buffalo, man. You bastards. <laughs> Banditland's going to be rocking this year. Like I, I will be making the my absolute way to scenes. I will be making my way to Bandoland this year. For I'm super pumped for Toka too. That's a homie. Um, very happy that you know he got picked, probably right where he deserved to get picked. Like Donville and Lanch Perry are, are ridiculous, but like Toka's right there. Like you could make the argument that like in a normal, non-COVID like situation, Toka goes one, and I'd be like, yep makes total sense it's what it's supposed to have been for you know years but Tahoka goes three Adam Charlambides goes four to Vancouver and I am so excited about this pick this is such a good pick for Vancouver to add Adam to a team that is like still kind of like trying to find their identity but they have their identity with Logan Schuss Mitch Jones adding Adam to this team is very exciting and I can't wait for him to be put into this offense these two picks could have been interchanged, and I would have been happy either. Yeah, they both fit into both systems so well, and but yeah, I'm really excited to see what he brings to this fan. Hasn't played box in five years, but the offense he could be with him being so old and having yeah. so much experience, he could old. be he's 25. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know, but like he can be kind of like an older guy that's kind of like been there, done mm-hmm. that before. He can bring a spark to the offense. And I'm more excited to see what his shot's going to be like. Like, yeah, how are they going to implement him into this offense? Is he going to be a shooter? Are they going to try and get him on the run? Like, he's going to be picking and rolling. Like, how are they going to integrate him into the offense? Yeah, I'm super excited and pumped for him to to have been picked as high as he was. 
Mike McCannell goes five to San Diego. Kyle Waters goes six to Calgary. Saskatchewan from Colorado. Uh, take Jake Boudreau. Saskatchewan from Philly from the Ben McIntosh trade. They take Ryan Barnable. San Diego from Georgia. They take one of your all-name team guys. Patrick Shume is going to San Diego. Yeah, I was hype about that. I was like, yo, there we go. <laughs> we all both name, had all-name all name team guys. All-the-name guy got some game. Okay. Like, uh, I was surprised to see them, quote-unquote, like trade up to mm-hmm. grab him. I, I like that pick for them big time. And then Calgary trades up with the Wings to take Justin Inacio. It's a face-off guy. That I, we've said it for years on this podcast that the NLL, as soon as Trevor Baptiste got drafted by the Wings, the face-off position was going to change. And it has changed drastically over the last couple of years. You've had Trevor Baptiste. You have Jake Withers obviously doing the thing in Halifax. Joe Nardella has come in and taken the league by storm now with Albany. Like, you're going to see more and more teams take face-off guys, but they're going to have to be guys that can also either play quality defense or be able to score. Wait, are we going to be able to see Jake Weathers, T.D. Erland, Trevor Baptiste, and Joe Nardella compete multiple times a year? Yep. That's crazy. It's wild. That is crazy. And, I mean, you still have guys that are, like, non-traditional face-off guys, like Jeremy Thompson in Panther City is excited. And he's a he's a very good box faceoff guy, and can drop back, play defense, play in transition. But I think you're going to see more guys get drafted out of college, like a TD, like now Justin, and help revolutionize the faceoff position in the indoor game. Yeah, and and you're going to see, you know, those guys are now going to be picked up, vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, sure, you know, you don't get drafted in the, in the NLL draft at first. You go to the PLL, you have one banger season. Now you're an NLL guy. Look at Joe Nardella. Yeah. You know, Jonar TD didn't sign with the NLL right away. Has a great year. Mm-hmm. Boom, he gets signed too. Like, those are going to be interchangeable. And I don't know how to explain it, but playing in the PLL will help you be a better faceoff yes. guy in the NLL. Hands down. It's going to help change the position for the better. And it's going to be exciting to see what it does for uh, the NLL. And then some of the key picks uh, later on in the draft. First goalie taken, Drew Hutchison, goes to Halifax. Um, this pick right here got me very excited. Colorado taking Asher Nolting from High Point. One of Dom's favorite players from college. He's going to ball out. Like, he gets to play alongside Zed Williams and the rest of this Colorado offense. I love this pick. I didn't realize Asher, like, even declared for the NLL draft. If I knew that, I would have been like, yeah, he's going to get taken, like, early. And he goes in the second round, sixth pick of the second round. He's going to play immediately. Like, I'm very excited that Asher Nolting went to Colorado. I mean, I like Jack Kelly in New York. He's another face-off guy that can do a little bit of everything. And when I first saw that, I said they took a, they took Jack Kelly from the Redwoods. <laughs> <laughs> I said I didn't know he was in this draft. <laughs> he went to wait. He went to Penn he State. Went to Penn State. <laughs> and, and I had to really think about it, and I was like, I said they have a face-off guy named Jack Kelly. I was so confused. I was like, what is going on here? Why is Jack Kelly getting drafted? He's been around the block <laughs> like five times. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's going to be another one of those guys that can do a little bit of everything. And he'll end up being in the PLL soon as well. Jack Hanna, when he got drafted, I said, the the guy from Animal Planet. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, and the fact that he played for Riverman in the OCBLL. <laughs> this is this is Animal Planet Jack Hanna. <laughs> is Steve Irwin next? <laughs> he goes to Panther City uh, with the second to last pick in the second round. And then uh, the most like common name in the NLL for some reason, Katoni is a last name. There's like four guys in the NLL with the last name Katoni, and I never heard that name until I started covering the NLL. Tate Katoni uh, Tate gets taken by Panther City. Um, Bryce Schremer, Schremer Bobby Schmerder, <laughs> Ray Schremer, <laughs> going to Vancouver. <laughs> Bryce Schremer. <laughs> so that's exactly what popped in my head when I saw that name. <laughs> I said, "Oh, Ray Schremer's gonna be playing in Vancouver." Oh, I missed that. Another uh, another one of my name uh, all name guys got in there. Devin Piper. Yep, he's in there. Uh, not my Kobe, but we have a Kobe in Philadelphia. Kobe Smith gets taken from Towson, going to the Wings. Um, Logan Wisnowskis going to Colorado which is going to be a, a very fun, sneaky pick for them. Another Stotts in San Diego, Jerry Stotts. Don't know if they're related. I would assume one way or another they are. It's, gotta be, it's, right? it's too, like, too many uh, lines crossing yeah. there for it. it there's got to be something there. Uh, one of my guys, Graydon Sousey, the South Bouse, got drafted by Vancouver. Mason Kaminga going to Saskatchewan, Detroit Mercy guy. Um, very excited for that pick. Like it's gonna help bolster that defense in Saskatchewan and help them get a little bit younger and have guys in the pipeline ready to rock and roll. Um, the Wings getting Matt Moore in the fourth round is just stupid. I don't know if he'll play because the offense is so loaded. But Matt Moore coming in from Virginia, that pick coming from New York is very fun. Uh, but when I saw that pick, I said, "Oh, Matt Moore was in this draft one, two. He's gonna be the best Matt Moore in Philadelphia." Because Matt Moore, the pitches for the Phillies, absolutely stinks. <laughs> that was one that of the comments funny. on the Wings Instagram post, too. Is best Matt Moore in Philadelphia. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm really good at this all-name stuff. Keegan Khan. I don't know how that passed by me in the all-name team draft. From Villanova, too. Goes to Colorado. Um, there's there's a lot of got Devin Dunkerley. Like, what a name. Yeah. Uh, Jake Harrington. I thought of Joey Harrington immediately. <laughs> yep. Yep. Goes to Albany. My That Prybolinski Pry guy got in. Yeah. In that last round, too. I'm, I'm three I'm three for five right now in my all name, by the way. Jeff Trainer got drafted by San Diego. I saw that. That's I think a, you're, you're like 0 for 5 in your all name. I had to, Tohoka. I, just, I actually have our all name team picks here. I had Tohoka, Graydon Sousey. Uh, I had a, I had a different Kobe, and then I took some dart throws on on some of my guys. Your guy Ty Yanko, did he get taken? I don't think so. And I'm that's a bummer. Upset about that. <laughs> that is that's the name. Right that's there. the name. Um, did Nash Moog get taken too? Because that is, I think those are. Oh the yeah, names. Tyler Yanko did get taken by Calgary. <laughs> I'm four for five. There Look we go. This. Let's go. Um. Some of the other guys that got taken later on, Kyle Gallagher from Notre Dame, big pickup for the Riptide. That's that's an awesome pick for them. Um, really like that as like a late pick. See what happens. Can he fit into the system? Let's do it. Um, this draft was was loaded more so than like we initially thought. Uh, Wheat and Jackaboys from Notre Dame. 
<laughs> How the fuck did we miss that name? <laughs> Dare new bro. Missed that one. Um, next year, we're like not confining our list to what, like a 50 players or whatever it was because we missed a lot. It can't be a name. Chris Fake. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. That's unreal. Um, unreal defenseman, by the way. Yeah. Unreal defenseman. I mean, this draft was awesome from head to toe. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it because I was working at Sweet 16. But from everything I saw, the, the broadcast went great with the homies Devin Caney, uh, Tabitha Turner, uh, Teddy Jenner was on the broadcast, and oh, why am I blanking? He's been on the podcast too, and I'm just having an absolute brain fart. I can see his profile picture in my head. <laughs> this is so bad. This is so bad. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you already more of a know. I think that's we, how it always goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Pat Gregoire. <laughs> How the fuck did I forget Greggy's name? I'm such a that dickhead. Is, yeah, that's a name. That's my guy. <laughs> we talk all the time. He's going to listen to this. Lame. This is getting edited out. <laughs> totally taking this out. I can't let Pat know that I just totally brain farted on his name. That is such a miss oh, by me. It is so Apologies bad. to Pat. Sorry to this man's... Um, <laughs> God, that's terrible. Jackson Reed also gets taken by Halifax, and they just continue to get Ohio State players that are ridiculously good, and it's not fair. I mean, they got a formula. It works. They just love their Buckeyes. I don't. <laughs> Go blue. <laughs> we are going to do uh, one. We're going to do a draft to end this episode, very similar to like we did last week. Um, it's going to be. PLL players that we think would successfully accomplish doing the milk crate challenge. Uh, I think I had the first pick last week. You'll have the first pick here. I'll go two, three, and uh, we'll pick our, our top five milk crate challenge completers in the PLL. This is, this is all influenced by Matt Rambo saying that he wanted to do the milk crate challenge, which Matt, if you're, if you happen to listen to this tomorrow, 
tomorrow is the third, and I told you I'd have crates for you on the third to do this. So if you, you still want, we there can, it is. We can find somewhere to meet up and, and make that happen. Um, but number one, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, his body moves in ways that no one else's does, especially on the lacrosse field, Lyle Thompson. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. I'm going to go Grant Ament, number one. He's small. He's nimble. He's got quick feet. Got to go Grant, number one for me. And then on my wraparound pick, um, who am I going to go with on the wraparound? I'm, like, looking at the rosters in my head. I'm going to go Ryder. You're ridiculous. <laughs> Grant and Ryder as my one-two punch to complete the milk crate challenge. That's fine. I'll take two Woods and I'll take I'll take Jules and and Rob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob. See, Rob's interesting because he didn't get past the first uh, the first area of American Ninja Warrior, but. That's more upper body strength. We'll see how his legs work out with the I think with the, the milk crate. This challenge. is more of a center center gravity thing. Yeah, I think a lot of people are throwing Just off their foot center positioning. Gravity. Yeah. Um, uh, my number three pick. Hmm, who am I gonna go number three? Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go Zed. I think Zed, because he would do it with a stick in his hand. <laughs> Not mentioned and just in like pre, pre-recorded conversation. He's Way to gonna, pull one out. Going to have it as his center of of balance. It's just the stick in hand. Like He would hold the stick out in front of him and use that to navigate. I'm going to go Zed number three. And then... Who am I going to go on the wraparound? Um, I'm going to go Ryan Drenner. I think he's got quick feet. He's, he's somebody that I think he would like kind of navigate. Like He would look like he's going to fall, but then he would recover and then make his way down. I'm going to go Ryan Drenner, number four. Um, Your final two picks. Number four, Josh Burnt. I like that one. That's a great pick. That's and my, a great pick. My last one is all off size and because I'm a defensive guy. Need, need some type of D in there somewhere. BJ Grill. He's a little guy. He's got the size, nice center of gravity. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go BJ Grill. Uh, my last pick is going to be Jack Rowlett's, uh first guy to get an RJ face tat, <laughs> Justin Gutterdick. He's got the, the small size. He's quick. I think Gutty would be able to do it, and as soon as he's done, everybody would be like, Gutty! <laughs> And then he would get the RJ tattoo. Right after. Right after. On site. <laughs> so. Shout out Jake Paul. You've got. 
next week's draft, who would be able to win a boxing match with Jake Paul? Answer, no. Miles Thompson. <laughs> Austin Stotts. The Thompson brothers would just like tag team. No, Austin Stotts. <laughs> Give me that finger, Miles Jones. <laughs> Give me that finger. Mac Audette. Uh, so you go Lyle Thompson, Jules, RP3, Josh Byrne, BJ Grill. I've got Grant, Ryder, Zed, Ryan Drenner, Justin Gutterding. I think we can go 10 for 10. Honorable mention, Kitts, because he's just small. And I want to see him do it. Yeah. I, I like want to see him do it. My honorable mention, Brent Adams. I would pay to actually watch Kitts do it. It's, it's something yeah. about the way he moves that would be absolutely hilarious <laughs> to see him go up and down those crates. <laughs> so let us know who you think's team is uh, going to successfully accomplish the milk crate challenge, how many of our guys would actually do it. And uh, you can tweet at us at OTB Pod. You can follow us there on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Make sure you guys are playing the props this weekend, who you think is going to win, and go to the championship game at playpickup.com. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know who you think is going to win, how you felt about the NLL draft, who you got going to the championship game, all that good stuff, who you think would accomplish the milk crate challenge in the lacrosse world. doesn't have to necessarily just be a player. Uh, but five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. If you're going to be in Philly this weekend, please don't be a stranger. Come say hello. We're going to be filming a shit ton of content since DJ is here and uh, very excited for the semifinals right in our backyard. Big thank you to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Tomahawk Shades, go to their website, fill up your cart, get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you can get the Vodka Soda Party Packs now back in stock. Celebrate the end of summer the right way with a stateside in hand. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenny's on tap. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. It's semifinal weekend. DJ's in town. This has been episode 185 of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. We'll see you guys in Philly. Peace. Peace.